0: Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number five. We've been uh, on this life journey with King Solomon. As he has been in search for uh, what is the meaning in life, and he has been searching everywhere he can find. He's been turning things upside down in his own life uh, throughout these first four chapters. We're going to be in chapter five this evening, but in Uh, The book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon again is in search of something. And in chapter 2, we know that as Solomon described uh, his life and all that he acquired, he said that uh, even though he had acquired everything that he could ever see, he could purchase and have. If his eyes saw it and he wanted it, he got it. He made the statement in that chapter that even though, and I'll paraphrase his statement in a nutshell, that even though he could have everything he wanted, men singers, women singers, private concerts, houses, wives, multiple, friendships, in all of that, yet he hated life. He hated life. It's through his searching, he's looking for something. This evening, as we come into chapter 5, chapter 5 is somewhat of a transitional passage in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon is going to go from making uh, statements about life and making statements about Uh, what he is in search of, and he's going to start making some conclusions. And he's going to start gaining some perspective upon what he has been in search of. And so this evening I want to preach to you uh, a sermon from Ecclesiastes chapter 5 entitled, When the King Starts to Gain Perspective on Life. When the king starts to gain perspective on life. And I'll give you the subtitle here in just a moment. But we'll begin reading in verse number 1 as Solomon says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. A fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto, the, unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools pay that which thou hast vowed better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin neither say that or say thou before the angel that it was an error wherefore should god be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands for in the multitude of dreams And many words, there are divers' vanities, but fear thou God. I want you to drop down to verse number 18, if you would, please. Where the Scripture says, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink, and to enjoy the good of all his labor. He taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Now in this perspective of life that Solomon gained as he is going through this search of life, the subtitle for the message, if we could give one, would be Principles for Daily Living. Some Principles for Daily Living that Solomon has learned in his observation of life. He's going to give us some principles here, three of them, that I want to share with you that you can actually, that we can apply to our own life tonight. And if we do, we can see, as Solomon says in verse number 20, for he shall not remember the days of his life, because God answered him in the joy of his heart. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy life. It's kind of part of the purpose in it, isn't it? I've not met too many people that says, I I don't want to enjoy anything. No, I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy living. I want to enjoy everything that God gives opportunity to give. And of course, as we've seen Solomon in these first four chapters, he wasn't enjoying life too much. In his search, he was trying to enjoy life and he was searching for how he could enjoy life, but he was coming up empty. And part of that reason for him coming up empty was because of where he was searching and what he was searching in. When we come to chapter 5, Solomon is learning some things and he is going to also teach us some things in how we can truly enjoy life. And so in this, we'll see these principles and see what Solomon had to say and also how we can apply those to our own life tonight. So let's pray together, and we'll jump right into this uh, to see these principles for daily living. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank You and I uh, just come to You for uh, Your blessing upon this time this evening. Father, as we consider Your servant Solomon tonight, And as we consider his words, I ask that you would uh, help us to see uh, not just the wisdom, but the principles that you have placed by your divine goodness, by giving them and recording them in the pages of your word. God, they're wonderful. And in the perspective that you allowed Solomon to have in his wisdom, And in his search to have and enjoy life. Father, we have seen already the areas in his life that did not go well, that did not bring joy and fulfillment, but brought an emptiness. And so, Father, as we transition into this learning portion beyond the observation. Solomon's life, God, I pray that you would help us to learn and apply these things to our life as well. Help us in this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, of course, Solomon has been observing, and in his observations, he has come to some conclusions. Much of his conclusions has been that in the search of many things of life, you come up empty. And when you surround yourself with the things of life and the temporal things of this world, leaves you with an empty feeling. However, when we give ourselves to the life that God wants us to have and that the joy that God wants us to have in our life, It is a fulfilled life. And so again, we find this transitional portion of Scripture within this book of Ecclesiastes as Solomon is going to start giving some, uh, what I would liken to, uh, Proverbs type of advice. When you go into chapter 5 and you begin to read, uh, it reads differently than the first four chapters, doesn't it? It reads different. Now, there's still some of the same language. We see some of the same words like vanities in verse number 7. We see some of the same uh, ideas uh, being taught uh, from Solomon uh, as he talks about the evil travail in verse number 14. He talks about rejoicing in his labor in verse 19. Uh, We'll see some of these other areas, but it reads uh, differently. There's a different tone. There's a different learning uh, that Solomon is gaining and getting uh, by the time we get to chapter number 5. And it comes from the experiences and the observations that he has made within and from the first four chapters. And so I'd submit to you in this first principle uh, from the first Uh, Several verses here, I want to just again read to you by way of emphasis tonight, verses 1 and 2, and see uh, what Solomon has to say as he says, Keep thy foot, when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, let not thine heart be hasty. To utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. The first principle that Solomon is giving here in Ecclesiastes number five that would be some principles for daily living as we has gained perspective of life would be number one, to speak less and listen more. Speak less and listen more. It's an interesting perspective from the king, isn't it? You know, I would dare say that Solomon was probably a man who was rarely without words. And yet, as we come to chapter 5, within this wonderful book, he says, Keep thy foot when thou goest down to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Be more ready to hear. I wonder tonight, well, I actually wonder this every week. Are you listening? I know that might sound funny, but it is a question that I I think probably most speakers have in the back of their mind as they speak, and that is simply, are the people listening? I have to ask myself that same question. Am I listening? You know, sometimes we have conversations. We have conversations with people. And we sit and we listen. And we wait for them to finish speaking so we can speak. And yet Solomon says in verse number two Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter, that means speak anything before God. For God is in heaven, thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. His first part of this advice in speaking less and listening more, again, is the speaking less part. Let thy words be few. Now, in this, and in these first two portions of of verses here, He's talking about in our relationship with God. Oh, that we would hear from heaven. Oh, that we would hear and listen to what God has to say to us. That we might listen more. Speak less. That, I don't know about you, but that phrase there in verse number 2, let thy words be few, just grip my heart. As he says in verse number 3, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. And a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. We have more to say than what we need to say. This first principle is pretty simple when you think about it. Speak less, listen more. He goes on to talk about vowing a vow to God. He says, defer not to pay it. He he, he says, pay it. Do what you say you're going to do. Follow through. He said, better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. He said, you'd be better off to have never said you were going to do anything than to say you were going to do something and then not follow through. This is pertaining again to the Lord, by the way. But notice in verse 6, he says, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel, It was an error. Wherefore, God should be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Basically, what he's saying here is just simply be quiet. Speak less. Listen more. And he says in closing in verse number, se- or verse number seven in this, this closing paragraph, he says, For in the multitude of dreams and many words. Are there also divers' vanities? But fear thou God. That word divers, of course, we know is multiple, different. Vanities, of course, we know is that emptiness. He said in the many words, there's multiple or various or diverse emptiness. But fear thou God. Let me ask you something. Are you listening to what God has to say? Are we listening? The first principle, speak less, listen more. Now Solomon puts in here in verse number 8, If thou seest the oppression of the poor and... Violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at that matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there may be higher than they. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase this also is vanity when goods increased or when goods increase sorry they are increased that eat them and what good is there to the owners thereof saving the beholding of them with their eyes the sleep of a laboring man is sweet whether he eat little or much The abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil, which I have seen under the sun. Namely, namely, he says, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. He begetteth a son. There's nothing in his hand. And he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit he hath or he that labor for the wind. Verse 17 says, All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he eateth much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. We find in verse 9 to verse 17 this second principle, probably one that you've heard, probably one that you've said, Many times, simply this, you cannot take it with you. You cannot take it with you. Everything you have acquired and kept and saved and gathered, you're going to leave behind. When you die, Solomon says you can't take it with you. Now it's interesting here in verse number nine that he first points out that everyone can profit from the earth. He says, Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all, for the king himself is served by the field. He says, everybody grows, everybody has things, everybody gets things. He says, even the king relies upon the field. Isn't that something? There are those that plan. There are those that have maybe a little bit more. But he goes on to say in verse number 10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Or he that loveth abundance with increase, this also is vanity. To summarize that, he says if your love is wrapped up in stuff, you'll always be left wanting more. I've done a little bit of research, not a whole lot, on rich people things they have, what makes them kind of tick, if you will, things they want. There was one rich person, I can't recall exactly uh, who it was, but they asked him, how much, how much more will be enough? When will you know you have enough? And his response was, just one more. Just one more. But you'll notice that in this, He says, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. One, let me point out, the problem is not the silver. Amen? It's not the silver. It's the love of silver. Because if you love the silver and you love the things, you will find very soon and very quickly that it is, will not satisfy, no matter how much you have. It will never be enough. Solomon found that to be true. There's never been one before him, there was never one after him, that had acquired the wealth that Solomon had. And yet in all of his wealth, in all that he acquired, again being able to purchase anything that he could ever want, anything he ever saw. There was not a price that he could not afford. He could get it. And yet, Solomon said, I have hated life. You see in this principle that you can't take it with you, within this principle is saying that we cannot live our lives for stuff. It's the only way I know how to put it. I'm not as eloquent as Solomon is or was. We can't live our lives for things, for stuff. There's no way we can. We'll always... Lead us to an emptiness. He says in verse 11, When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof? Saving the beholding of them with their eyes. He goes on, talks about the sleep. He said, Yeah, it's sweet, but then they just sleep and suffer. In verse 13, he says, It's a sore evil. Very great evil, meaning misfortune or distress or calamity or impaired happiness. The sore evil which I have seen under the sun. Namely, notice what he says, Riches kept for the owners, therefore to their hurt. Therefore to their hurt. You know, Jesus gave the principle in the New Testament. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's the same principle Solomon is getting at here. He says, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. Selfishness hurts the selfish every time. Those that learn to give of their... Here's the thing. Those that learn to give out of their abundance or out of their lacking all find a fulfillment that cannot be matched. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? I think of those men that had Gained great wealth in our country. I mean, they did all they could do to gain as much as they could. Wanting and longing to be considered the richest men in the world. They longed for that title. That was their goal. You know what they found when they got it? It meant nothing. They found themselves, as Solomon did, empty. So you know what they started to do in their latter life? Give it away. I mean, they built buildings and libraries. I mean, magnificent buildings. Some built churches. John D. Rockefeller, I believe, was a saved man. He built some magnificent structures, but some of the greatest structures that he gave time and money and energy to were churches. Magnificent structures. But he was one that wanted that title of richest man in the world. Did everything he could to gain it. When he got it, he found himself empty. But then he couldn't give it away fast enough. And still with so much wealth. You see, we have to learn that we can't take it with us. Solomon goes on. He says, as he came forth of his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came. And shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore travail in all points, as he came, So shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness. He that hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. I struggled a little bit with this in verse number 17, as he eateth in darkness. I thought that's a little strange. Who eats in the dark? Who eats in the dark? But then it dawned on me. We're talking about those that are laboring. Trying to acquire great wealth or any wealth for that matter. You know what that means they had to do? They had to work. It means they probably worked a lot. That means when their families sat down at the table to eat dinner, they weren't there. This was in a day and time where there was no electricity. When it came time for them to come home, Probably with some dinner left on the table for them. But they ate in the dark. All alone. Folks, we can't take it with us. You say, Pastor, you're trying to tell me there's something wrong with working? No, there's nothing wrong with working. To live. But when we focus on Upon the goods and the riches and the love of silver and our goods increase and we don't listen and hear God, it's going to lead us to emptiness. Solomon said, you can't take it with you. But he summarizes this in verse number 18 as he says, Behold that which I have seen. Remember, Solomon's been on a journey. Solomon's been in search of something. In verse 18, he says, It is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. The third principle that Solomon teaches us here is that it is okay to enjoy what we have while we have it? It's okay. As a matter of fact, he says it is good and comely. That word comely is another word for appropriate. He says it's appropriate, it's comely, it's okay for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all of his labor. I've worked for this. I've earned this. I've come by it the right way. Now I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Joined to enjoy. Notice this though. What God has allowed me to have in life. Verse 19, he goes on to say, Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given Him power to eat thereof, and take His portion to rejoice in His labor, this is the gift of God. Remember back in verse number 7 as he said, but fear thou God. Fear thou God. You see, if when we fear God for who God is, and we understand who we are, then we understand that all that we acquire, we acquire because God has blessed us. And in that, we can then enjoy what God has allowed us to have. For He shall not, in verse 20, so much, or for He shall not much remember the days of His life, because God answereth him the joy of his heart. Now that is not to say that a man should not save and have things to leave to his family and inheritance and that type of thing. I think that is profitable. I think it's good. We're talking about what are we living for? All we're doing is living to work and to gain and work and gain and work and gain. And there is no understanding that God has blessed us. And we've missed it altogether. We've missed it altogether. For it is God who gave us the game. And it's okay to enjoy what God has allowed us to have in life. Because God answereth Him. In the joy of his heart. It's interesting. That's where God meets us. So I ask you tonight as we consider Solomon once again, we consider the perspective that he gained and these principles for daily living. Will you practice this week speaking less and listening more? Will you get an understanding that we can't take it with us? That we might enjoy what we do have knowing that it is God who blessed it, blessed us with it. Those are the principles. That we might have a proper perspective of life knowing that God allows us to live it in all of our days. Every head bowed, every eye closed this evening.